Hello, my friends. This is Jimmy Apple from An Apple a Day. The story I'm about to tell you is completely true. I know for a fact because it happened to me, my wife, and my family. You know, as a kid growing up, I believed in ghosts, I guess, like every other kid did. It wasn't until this incident that I knew for a fact I actually did believe in ghosts. We were living in the Bronx, New York at the time, April 1990, and we decided it was time for us to buy a house. Now, buying a house in New York City was beyond our reach. The houses were out of our price range. So we decided to look in nearby Pennsylvania, in the northeast Pennsylvania, in the Poconos. And I'll tell you what the difference in price was. We were in the Bronx renting a three-room apartment for $650 a month. We went to Pennsylvania and we weren't sure what area in the Poconos, or if we actually wanted to live in the Poconos, we weren't sure where we wanted to live. So we decided we were going to rent for a year. So we started looking at rental houses there. And the difference in prices was we rented the apartment in New York for $650 a month. I ended up renting a three-bedroom house on a quarter acre of land with two bathrooms, two full bathrooms, a kitchen, a living room, a dining room, and a family room up on a loft with a fireplace, electric heat, unfortunately, but a front deck overlooking a lake for $650 a month. So I kind of knew that I was in the right area financially. And uh, we looked at the we looked at a couple of houses, but this one was nice because it overlooked the lake. The way the house looked they called it a toaster-style house, and it overlooked this lake they called the K-Lake in a private community. It was on Lakeside Drive. It wasn't the prettiest-looking house, but it had potential. Like they say, it has good bones. So we decided uh, we're going we're gonna to rent it. We spoke to the real estate agent. We had to fill out a form. Before we got home that night, there was two messages on our phone, on our answering machine at home, and it was from the landlords, our new landlords in Pennsylvania, saying that if we were interested, they were willing to sell us the house. And I thought that was odd. So I, I called them back because, you know, it's our new landlords. And they said, look, if you'd like to buy the house, we'll sell it to you. I said, well, how much are you selling it for? And they said, we'll give it to you for $76,000. And I'm thinking to myself, $76,000. In my neighborhood in the Bronx, a handyman special was $200,000. And I said, $76,000. They said, yeah. I said, well, let me think about it. He says, okay, think about it. Now, we weren't moving there for over a month because we had to close up and button up some issues back in the Bronx and finish out our lease naturally. So over the course of the next couple of weeks, little by little, we were, we were moving some stuff up to the house. Now, there was one thing. There was a stereo. The old stereos, you know, the consoles that uh, when we were kids, we had them. They looked like a piece of furniture. And it was left in the house there. And I asked the, land, I asked the real estate agent about it. And she said she'd get a hold of the landlord. And the landlord never said anything about it. So it stayed there. So I plugged it in one day while I was up there. And it worked. So I unplugged it. I didn't like to leave anything plugged in while I wasn't there. And... Uh, like I said, we we're making trips back and forth. This one day, my mother-in-law and I went up there, and we were making arrangements that the water turned on in the house because nobody had lived there, we were told, for about eight months. So we went in. I had the water company come over, and when they came, they turned the water on from the street, and when they did, every elbow in the house broke, and I mean to the 
to the point that it blew holes in the walls. It blew. <laughs> there was water everywhere everywhere and uh shut it off right away i called the real estate agent real estate agent got a hold of the landlord and they had to get a hold of a handyman he came up make a long story short we were there we had gotten there at nine o'clock in the morning we were there until 12 o'clock that night they were fixing the pipes and fixing the walls and my mother mother-in-law and i were just talking and she was saying well how do you like the house and i was like oh it's all right you know wouldn't be my first choice but she says did you hear that noise i said what noise he says it sounded like somebody was talking downstairs meaning the basement and i said it's probably probably uh steve the handyman he might be talking to himself the guy was a little bit strange and uh anyway we left that night and actually we had we had a, we had a pretty good time we were laughing and joking most of the way about it a couple of days later we go back up and we brought up another load of clothes and stuff and we're putting them in the closet somewhere we're getting the house ready. We had lunch up there while we were there. And I don't know, it was just something about the house. The house gave me this odd feeling. I wouldn't say it was an eerie feeling, but an odd feeling. Like there was still the vertical blinds were over the sliding doors. The, there was two sliding doors that looked out onto the front deck that looked out over the lake. The lake was across the street. And there was this like an eerie glow of yellow that came through these yellowish orange uh, vertical blinds. And it gave off this yellowish glow in the house. And it was just an eerie glow, kind of. But it's just, you know, I'm figuring to myself, it's just the jitters of being there and everything. So that's okay. Moving right along, we come up to moving day. And we have my, my, my father-in-law and the cousins and even my brother. Everyone comes up and they, we have the U-Haul truck and... We get up there and they say, well, can't we bring it in through the basement? We have, the, the way the house sat, the basement was above ground. Then you had the main floor and then you had the second floor. So it was like a three-story house. But the funny thing was there was no entrance into the basement. You had to go up into the house and go in and then go downstairs to get into the basement. There was no outside entrance to the basement, which I always thought was weird. There was windows. There was a bunch of little windows going around the around the basement, but no door to get in so we were passing stuff through these windows to get it into the house and my brother and one of the cousins after we got it all in there said look he's got to get home to their family so they were leaving and a couple of people stayed overnight and sunday we were putting stuff away there was there was it was nice. It was quiet. Everyone seemed to enjoy the place, and I'm feeling better about it now. It doesn't seem so odd anymore. The house is starting to feel comfortable. Everyone's comfortable in the house. Come Sunday, everybody's leaving except for my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law stayed with my wife and I. Monday morning at about 7 o'clock in the morning, there's loud bangs on the front door. There's people banging on the front door. And I get out of bed. My mother-in-law opens the door and she says, Jimmy, you better come here. I, I, I come over and there, there's a cop at the front door. And he's asking me for my name and identification. I'm in my pajamas. I, I, I tell him who I am. I, my name is Jim Apple. And he says, you're not a... Uh, Kevin Smith or whoever it was he was looking for. I was like, no. He says, well, we're looking for Kevin Smith. I said, well, this house has been empty for eight months. No, it hasn't. I said, well, according to the water company, according to the electric company, according to the landlord, it's been empty for eight months. 
nobody's lived here. I have the only keys to the lock. He says, well, he says, I know for a fact somebody's been living here. I said, well, thank you for letting me know, but no, nobody's here. So he looks around the house, and then he leaves. I get up, I get dressed, I go over to the hardware store, I get all new locks for the house now. I come back, and we're just doing some stuff around the house. My wife asked me to go get some stuff for lunch. I go over to the local general store, and I introduce myself, and I'm talking to the fellow Tom that owns it, and he asked me, he says, what kind of heat do you have in that house? I said, electric heat. He goes, oh my God. He says, you're really going to have a time to go with that. He says, electric heat with the winters we have here. He says, you better really watch yourself. So he got me thinking. I go home. I'm telling my wife, she's She's like, well, you know, we'll we'll feel it out. We'll see how it goes. It's springtime now. That night, don't you know, we get snow flurries in the evening. So I'm saying we should lower the heat because I'm worried about the electric bill. She's going, don't lower the heat. Leave it up. So we left the heat at 70 degrees in the house. The next morning we wake up. Well, I should say my wife wakes up. She goes out into the kitchen. Her and my mother, all of a sudden I hear my name being bellowed. I come out. She's my wife's yelling at me. She goes, why did you lower the heat? I said, I didn't lower the heat. What are you even talking about? What are you talking about i come out and it's freezing in the kitchen i said i didn't lower the heat and i went over i said look at the thermostat thermostat still says 70 degrees the soap the dish soap that's on the on the sink is frozen solid i mean frozen solid now we're we're in April. This is April. And it's frozen solid. My wife says, you had to have turned the heat down during the night. I said, did you hear me get up? I went to sleep and that was it. I, I'm like a log when I go to sleep. It's okay. Moving right along. Well, my wife, she had a job in the city still. I didn't. So she's going to go back to work. She goes back to work two weeks later. And I'm in the house. It's just me my two dogs. I'm watching TV. I'm up on the loft in the in the family room. And I thought I heard something downstairs, but I just figured out it's nothing. I go downstairs to put on the coffee. And when I come down, I notice that my basement door is open. Now, I know I locked it. Well, not locked it, but I know I shut it and it caught because I didn't want the dogs to go down there. So I just pushed it shut again. I Pulled it back and forth. It's caught. It's shut. Didn't pay any attention to it. Put the coffee on. Went back upstairs. I'm upstairs. I figure, well, the coffee's got to be ready. I come back down. I look. There it is. The door's open again. I said, that's impossible. So, but I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe I didn't catch it all the way. So I slam it shut. Now I'm pulling on it with all my might. It doesn't open again. That's okay. I go back upstairs. I'm drinking the coffee. With that, the phone rings. It's my wife. She's stuck in the city. She's not going to be able to get home because there was only one bus that went into the city at that time and one bus that came back to the Poconos at that time. She was missing the bus. So she's going to stay at her mother's house in the Bronx. Okay, no big thing. So I go downstairs. I'm going to feed the dogs. The damn door to the basement is open again. And now I smell an odd smell. Kind of smells like 4th of July at night, you know, the sulfur from the gunpowder. And I'm like, wow, it's weird. And I start smelling, what What can that be from? You know, I do own a couple of guns, but they haven't been fired. So uh, I noticed that the smell's coming from downstairs. So I turn on the light, I go downstairs. I don't see anything. I don't smell anything down there. The smell seems to have dissipated. No big thing. I come back upstairs. I shut the light out. I close the door. I feed the dogs sitting out on the front deck. And I'm just staring out at the water. The dogs come over to the screen. And I open the screen door. They come out. They're sitting on the front deck. Open the door. We go back in because the mosquitoes are starting to eat us alive when I go back in. There's the door open to the basement again. But the light's on now. And I know I shut the light off. 
Now that makes me a little bit nervous. So I go over and I look down the basement steps and I'm looking and I'm looking. I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. I go to turn to go shut the light off and I start hearing a little buzz. People talking, it sounds like. You know, like the din in a, in a crowded room. And uh, now I'm getting a little bit on edge. I won't say nervous, but I'm on edge. So I go into my bedroom and I get my gun. <laughs> and uh, my gun, my flashlight. I got my cane in one hand, I got my dog, my German Shepherd, and we go downstairs. And I'm looking room to room to room. I'm checking all the windows, make sure all the windows are locked, nothing. Everything is locked, everything is tight. All the noise stopped when I went down there. I'm thinking to myself, that's my own head playing games on me. It's dark out. The thing was, the houses around us were all empty. They were all vacation homes around us. We were the only ones full-time in that little block of houses. So it just put me a little bit on edge, I guess. All the houses were dark except for us. So I come back upstairs and I turn on all the outside lights on the deck and I just sit there and look and I'm kept on watching that basement door to make sure it didn't open again and it didn't. It didn't. So finally, I just said, well, go to bed. So I got the dogs. I bring the dogs into the bedroom with me, and I went into bed for the night. The next morning, I get out of bed. My dogs are itching to go out. Come out of the bedroom. I open up the door and look. There's that damn basement door. is open again. I can't believe this. I walk past the kitchen sink, and I notice that the kitchen sink is, is like running a little bit. It's like dribbling out. And I know I shut the water off. I never leave the water running. I always check everything three times before I go to bed. So I take the dogs out. I get them ready. I get the, their food made. And I go and I get my tools. And I take the faucet apart. And I'm going to change the washers in the kitchen sink. And I take them out. And there's really nothing wrong with the washers. I change, I change them. And I shut it. And water went off. No problems. But that door, that door's bothering me. So now I figure, you know what? I'm gonna put I'm gonna put something against it this way. If it does open, I'm gonna hear I'm gonna hear when it does open. So I take a folding chair and then I see the ironing board. So I put the ironing board against it and a folding chair. And I figure if that door opens, I'm gonna hear it open and it's gonna crash and it's gonna wake everybody up here. It's okay. I go about the day. Wherever I go now, I'm taking the dogs with me. The dogs I'm not gonna leave the dogs alone in the house. I don't know what's going on there. Well, I pick up my wife that night and we come back to the house and as we're driving up to the front of the house, she says, Why'd you leave all the lights on? Now, I'm I'm like the cheapest person you can think of when it comes to the electric bill. I didn't leave all the lights on. I left the light on in the living room and the kitchen and I left the light on in the driveway. But that was it. All the lights were on. The lights were on upstairs. The lights were on down in the basement. <laughs> so I go, I go in the house. The ironing board and the folding chair is still against the door. My wife starts laughing. She's laughing hysterically. She goes, were you scared while I was gone? Were you afraid? Making fun of me. She gets on the phone with her mother. She's telling her mother how I have an ironing board against the door. And I'm afraid the boogeyman's going to come up. And in the meantime, I'm thinking to myself, you should only know what I've been going through. I go around. I'm shutting the lights off. I go downstairs. And there's that smell again in the basement. There's that smell. And I go, and every light in the basement is on. Now, I didn't leave them on. I didn't even go down there before I left. I shut every light off come upstairs. I shut the basement door and I'm tempted to put the ironing board back in front of her, but my wife is still a bit too busy laughing at me about it. So I just leave it be. So we go out on the front 
deck and we're having dinner. We got the dogs out there with us and we decide to come in. So we come in, my, my wife's taking the dogs in, we're taking plates in and stuff like that. She shuts the, the screen doors over and we're getting ready to go upstairs and she's going, where, where, where's, where's TJ, our dog, the shepherd? And can't find it, can't find him. All of a sudden the little dog starts barking at the, at the screen. TJ's outside. Now, my wife never she'll be the last one to come in the dog she makes sure the dogs come in first the dog was inside but somehow ended up back outside i said oh you probably just forgot to bring her in she says i don't forget well somehow the dog got back outside i'm thinking to myself you know i'm still worried about the the basement door i'm not thinking how the dog got out there but then the dog goes over to the steps leading up to the loft and she is growling growling at the corner of the steps growling and this is out of character for her altogether she was the most mellow dog you can meet but growling the hairs up on her back she's spitting and growling at the same time it was, it was like i said it was out of character for her and we got her upstairs and she laid down but she kept on staring down at that corner the rest of that summer seemed to pass on without any kind of major incident yes the basement door continued to open on its own but nothing major even my wife started to notice it and she just poo-pooed it and let it go. She ended up getting a job in the area in a local bank. And her mother was spending more time up at the house. It was the end of the summer when things started to pick up again. Where we started to notice things happening. And now my wife was starting to notice it too. It was September. And it was, there was chilly. It got very chilly out. So we started using the fireplace. And we had a fire going one night. And... All of a sudden, it started raining outside. And I mean raining really hard, really hard. And then it stopped. It stopped. It was nothing. And then you heard water dripping into the fireplace. And that's odd. I mean, it had a cap over it. I've never had that happen. But there was water dripping into the fireplace. So I, I called the landlord. I told them that uh, there must be a crack somewhere or something in it. And the next day, they had a contract to come up and take a look at it and he happened to do a lot of work for the landlord and he had said to me he says there's always something with this house always something strange and little by little we got to know each other over the course of time because there always was something with the with the house we went from the noise and the water in the fireplace to a noise in the basement sound like something cracking to getting all kinds of mold we got the the basement all of a sudden became moldy for no reason at all mold it started out as a little black dot on the wall and we washed it down with clorox to clean it and came down the next day and the whole wall the entire wall was all mold called them in they had to dig out the perimeter of the house and they had to put in new new foundation shields and stuff like that and as well as time was going on i was concerned because my electric bill now not that i wanted to pay a high electric bill but right from the beginning my electric bill wasn't right and i called ppnl the electric company every month every month i called them to tell them that there is something seriously wrong and they're answer to me was, I'm not used to the lower prices in Pennsylvania being that I'm coming from New York. But I explained to him, my electric bill hasn't been over $5 yet. Every electric bill I got, I had gotten over the last three months, four months, was 5 
dollars and I called them every month and every month they told me the same thing. So finally I got someone that had a little bit of brains and I said I would like to have a check because I don't want you guys to come to me next month or the month after and say I owe you something like three or four thousand dollars. I said and the winter's coming so they came and they looked at the meter on the side of the house and they said well the meter's probably just turning very slow and they're looking at it and it still had the little lock on it and everything else and it hadn't been tampered with they said okay they went back and they checked the records and they seen that the records were regular right along and now it's five dollars a month and I said this can't be right well another month went by and I called them up and I said look I, I need somebody to really check this please. I said, I don't mind. I said, but I just want your name and your identification number to prove that I called you and told you that this is what's going on with this house. And once I started asking for names and identification numbers, now they got serious. They sent somebody out. They came out. They took the meter. They took the glass off the meter. They said, somebody tampered with this. I said, I don't know anything about it. I've been calling you since I moved in here about it, that I'm getting these low bills. And they said, well, look at this here. And the disc that turns around ever so slightly, there was a slight bend in it. And it stopped at a certain point. And all I was getting charged for was the meter charge of $5 a month. Well, this turned into a big investigation and the whole bit. And then <laughs> they put a new meter in that day and they put it in backwards. And the, the disc started turning like a helicopter. And they had to come back and change it again. That was one thing. Now it was starting to get cold out. It was fall was, you know, we were into the fall and things just weren't right anymore. The house, you had the heat up and you'd, you'd leave the room. When you come back, the thermostat was down to 50. You'd have the heat up to 70. It would be turned down to 50. Now, they don't just turn by themselves. And my wife was noticing this. Well, this one night, my wife and I are up in the loft and it's my wife the two dogs and myself and we're watching tv and we're kind of dozing it's about 10 o'clock at night and it's that dreary night outside you know where it's overcast and it's it's wet but it's not raining well we're watching the tv and like i said we're dozing all of a sudden bam 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 they're banging on the walls and they're banging 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 and it's on the far wall. There are no pipes in that wall. There's no water pipes in that wall. There's nothing on that wall. But there's banging. Then there's banging on the front door. And there's banging on the slider doors. There's banging on the floors. They're banging on the on the walls next to us. There's nothing there. It's banging, banging, banging. I jumped up. My dogs jumped up there growling and barking. My wife almost fell out of the chair. I go down the stairs. I turn on all the lights in the house. I'm looking. It's banging all around me. There's banging noises, banging noises. I can't find anything. I can't find anything that's banging. My bed, the basement door is banging like someone's banging to get in the door. I grab the door open. I open it up. There's nobody there. I went into the, I went into the, my bedroom and I got my gun and I got a flashlight. I turned on the lights outside. I opened the door and like I said, it was like misting outside. So if you stepped out there, you'd see your footprint in the mist on the deck. There was no footprints. There was nothing. I went outside. I'm shining the light around. I got the lights on around the house. Outside, nothing. My wife is shaking. I'm shaking. The dogs are growling. My one dog, the big dog, she's growling at the basement steps. All of a sudden, she runs down the stairs into the basement. And you can hear her down there. Growling like you'd never heard before. I go downstairs to, to 
to get her. I don't want her to get hurt. My wife grabs the little dog, the Pomeranian. I'm down there. TJ, TJ, where is she? She's growling in, in a, into a closet. Into a closet. I grab her. I put the leash on her. And I'm pulling her. And she's pulling away from me to get into this closet in the worst way. I get her upstairs, finally. And I shut the door to the basement. And my wife's going, what the hell's going on? I said, I don't know. Well, I said, all I know is we're getting the hell out of here. And I brought the dog, and she's she's spitting. She's trying to get at that basement door like you wouldn't believe. So I put the folding chair under the door. We get the dogs into the bedroom, and the the my wife, myself, and the two dogs were in the bedroom. My wife is scared to death, and I'm telling you the truth. It was wasn't doing do, doing too much for me either at this point. The rest of the night was quiet. There was nothing else. I sat up all night like I was like I was standing guard. Sat up all night. And she called in sick the next morning. She wasn't going into work. And she said to me, she goes, what do we do? I said, relax. We'll, you know, we'll call, we'll call Phyllis, the real estate agent. We're going to have to get out of here. I, I said, there's no one just a buts about it. And she says, let's just relax. She says, my mother's coming up this weekend. I was like, that's fine. I said, but we're going to have to get out of here. We're going to have to start looking for another house. So it's okay. Nothing else happened the rest of the week. Her mother comes up. And uh, she comes up on Thursday. So my wife has to go to work Friday morning. So I told her, I said, well, I said, I'm going to drive her to work. I said, I'll stop. I'll pick up rolls. I'll make breakfast for us when we come back, when I come back. She goes, okay. Sounds like a plan. So I come back. And when I pull into the driveway, there's my mother-in-law sitting at the front slider with the little dog on her lap and my shepherd sitting right down next to her. And I get out of the car, and she 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 opens the door, and she goes, you know, you're an ass. I said, I'm an ass? What? She goes, you weren't just doing that. I said, doing what? You weren't making noises and yelling from the basement and banging on the walls. I said, absolutely not. I said, I drive a white Cadillac. You just see me pulling the driveway. It's not the type of car I can hide, and I can't. I can't run hide like that. She says, you aren't in the basement? I said, how would I get in the basement? There's no way to get into the basement. I went upstairs into the house. She was petrified. Now, her, the room she was staying in was up on the second floor. She was scared to death. She wouldn't even go up to the second floor to get changed. She she wanted no part of going anywhere in the house by herself. As a matter of fact, that was the last time she said she was going to stay in that house. I told her, I said, Relax. Just relax. I said, this is what I was telling you. This is what's been going on in here. She goes, I thought you were lying. She said, I thought you were just trying to scare me. I said, no. Why would I try to scare you? On October 1st that year, Phyllis, the real estate agent, found us a new house. Not too far away. Actually in the same community, just this different section. It was a nice house. The feeling in that house was so different. Absolutely different. It was warm. It was inviting. It was comfortable. Moving day from the K house was weird. It was a very weird day. Uh, we had a couple of local fellas that came over to, to move the furniture. I was standing out in the front yard with the fellow who ran the group, and we were just talking. And he said to me, he says, is somebody upstairs in the house? I was like, unless it's one of your guys, because my wife and her mother were over at the other house already. And he looked around, and he says, no. He says, well, who's that up there? And we both looked up to the second floor, and the light was on, and it looked like a shadow walking around up on the, in the loft area. I said, I don't know who that is. So both of us went in and looked up, and there was nobody up there. We both went upstairs, and there was nobody up there. We looked around in the rooms, and there was nobody there. So they finished moving out all the furniture, and there was a couple of boxes left on the front porch, 
on the front pa- uh, front deck there. And my wife is coming back with the station wagon, and she was going to take those. Those had plates and stuff in it that she didn't want to go on to the trucks because she didn't want it to get broken by accident. And so these guys are ready, and it's starting to get late in the afternoon. So they're leaving to go over to the other house, so I'm stuck here now. I, my wife has the, has the car over the other house with her. And just as we're sitting there talking, all the lights go out in the house. And I was like, oh, man, PPNO shut the electric off. We were scheduled to have it shut off that day. They were shutting it off, and the next day it would be turned back on in the landlord's name. So here I'm sitting, and I, I tell the fellas, I said, do me a favor. When you get over there, tell my wife to take the car and come straight back over here. My mother-in-law can tell you where to put the furniture. Well, naturally, my wife wanted to stay and see where the front, make sure the furniture was going where she wanted it to go. So here I'm sitting in front of the house on the deck, it's starting to get dark out. And I'm really not feeling too good about being at this house. Now, I do have a flashlight with me. So I figure, you know what? I'm a big boy. I'm going to be brave. I just had all the doors open anyway. So I took the flashlight, and I'm looking around in the house, making sure that there's nothing in the closets on the main floor there. My wife finally pulls back up, and she's got my mother-in-law with her. The, the fellow's already gone from the other house. So she has the headlights on shining into the house and she goes let's go through the house ourselves and make sure everything's out so me and her she's got another flashlight with her and the two of us are going through the house and making sure all the closets are empty we leave all the closet doors open make sure all the thermostats are shut off the water shut off i was never so happy as to walk out lock that door we leave we're gone Everything's in the station wagon. We're out of there. Two days later, I get a phone call from the landlord at the ho- at that house, from the old house. And they said, can you do me a favor? Can you meet John over at the house to give him the keys? Because no one else has the keys, being that you changed the locks. I said, okay. I said, uh, tell him I'll meet him over there at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. And I'll give him the keys. So I made sure I was there. I was there on time. And I'm looking up at the house. And I'm just like, I am so glad we're out of here. Just a bad feeling even sitting in front of this house. And I'm holding the keys in my hand. And here comes John. He pulls up behind me. And he says, Jim, can you do me a favor? I was like, what? He says, can you come inside with me? I said, nope, 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 nope. I'm not coming. He says, please. He says, I just got to go in. I got to do a check for them, make sure everything's off. And he says, this, yeah, he says, I'm going to be honest with you. He says, this house always gives me a bad feeling. I said, me too, buddy. He goes, come on, please. He says, I just don't want to go in by myself. I said, you can just tell him everything's off. He says, I really don't want, he says, I can't do that. I got to go in. Just do me a favor. Come with me. I said, okay. So we go up, we open the door. When we open the door, it's as if we got hit with a blast of hot desert air. It was, oh my God. It was as if someone opened the gates of hell, this heat that came out of this house. He goes, I thought you turned everything off. I said, I did. I said, me and my wife, everything was off. We went around. Every thermostat was turned up to max in the house. The water was running in the kitchen. The water was running in all the bathrooms i said john i'm telling you right now everything was shut off he says i believe you but he says it's all on so i went around with him we shut everything off shut everything off he goes i don't believe he says i hate this house he's telling me this i said i don't like this house at all so he goes hey look he goes it's a good thing you came in anyway i said why what's up he goes look at this over here on the basement door on the doorknob the basement there was a bag from the grocery store one of those plastic bags and in that bag was an old checkbook i had an old binder checkbook from a company i used to own and it was hanging on the door now mind you 
my wife and I, my mother-in-law, the guys from the moving company, we went through the house with a fine-tooth comb. There was nothing left in that house. Where did that checkbook come from? I never wanted to set foot in that house again. It was about, oh, three months later, we ran into this person that we knew from the area. They were very happy to tell us that they bought a house. They bought it at foreclosure. I was like, oh, good for you. I said, where was it? She says, it's in the K section on Lakeside Drive. I was like, really? And then she told us the number. And that was the number of our house that we moved out of. I was like, you got to be kidding. So my wife and I just looked at each other. I wasn't going to say anything because she was very happy about it. And maybe whatever it was was gone. It was about a month after that. We ran into her at the grocery store, my wife and I. And she looked terrible. She says, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. So she says, when you lived there, did you hear voices coming from the basement? And I just kind of hemmed and hawed. I said, well, I said sometimes, but I said, I thought it was always coming from outside. She goes, that's what I thought. But you could tell she was, she was frazzled. She was definitely frazzled. I never seen her again after that. One day when we were driving by, I said, just out of curiosity, I want to see what she did with the house. We went by the house. The house was all overgrown. And there was the signs up there went into foreclosure again. They were gone. The day we were moving to South Carolina, we went, went, just took a ride around the neighborhood just to see, you know, everything one last time. And that house still was empty, still had notices up there for foreclosure. It had overgrown so, so much so that you would need a, a trail guide to get you to the front door. It was years later, uh, we came back to New York for a visit, and we actually went to Pennsylvania because there was a funeral. And while we were there, again, we went stomping around the old grounds, see everything. And I said to my wife, I said, I just got to see what they've done with that house. And we'll buy. To this day, that house sits empty. No one has ever moved into it after that lady did. The lady that moved in after us, after her, nobody has ever moved into it. The house in the K section was haunted. The Lakeside Drive house was haunted. <coughs> K House is Haunted was brought to you by Famous Apple and an Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. Sound effects were brought to you by Zapsplat. Have a good day. Happy Halloween.